Well, Len, thank you uh, for coming to the podcast, uh, to the Kevin Polky, The Journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a while since we've seen each other. And yeah. um, and you were out at our event uh, that we had at the beginning of September, mm-hmm. um, the Shatter of Silence, the Artist Out of Ashes. And you also Correct. helped us out with the ripple effect. Correct. Um, and so, but before we jump into any of our your mm-hmm. story and things, so tell me a little bit about, I try to ask the same question whenever mm-hmm. I meet with somebody. Um, mm-hmm. So outside of doing all the things that we're going to get into and that you do, but mm-hmm. what do you uh, what do you do for fun? What do you do when you have some downtime? What do you do to mm-hmm. kind of get reset? Well, it's a good question. Um, I would say that the the work that I do, uh, the career that I chose, is is fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had careers in the past that felt more of a job. Sure. Um, so what I do now with the art and the tattooing. Uh, and things of this nature where I'm giving back is, mm-hmm. is fun. Um, but the, the gym, the gym is my thing. Okay. So if I'm okay. in the gym and, uh, that's, that's, that's fun for me on the, okay. the side. So lifting weights, uh, what, what, when you say gym, like, what do you mean? What, what type of things do you do there? It's this bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, All right. that's, that's, that's fun for me. It's, okay. Uh, it's okay. my second home. Really? Okay. Yeah. So when, when did you get into the whole, uh, lifting mm-hmm. bodybuilding thing? How long ago was that? I think it was a high school thing. So maybe okay. maybe freshman year when I was 15. Really? Okay. So before, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when the the uh, the 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 wrestling in the uh, football team yep. would have their doubles before yep. school started, yep. the gym was accessible. Yeah. So when I was 15 and okay. the transition from 8th grade to freshman year, I'd go to the school and get in the the, the, the gym uh-huh. and just be hitting the weights. So, so you got the bug then? Yeah, I got the okay. bug then. Okay. I looked okay. at my size in the mirror amongst the linemen, and, and I said that's what I wanted to be. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, <laughs> great. Now, yeah. did you play sports in, in high school? I did. Okay. I did. All right. Did soccer, soccer. and okay. tennis and okay. always dreamed of the footballs and the hockeys. Okay. I just felt I didn't have the size for gotcha. it. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, now, what high school did you go to? Where graduate from? Uh, Wheaton Warrenville South. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so that's okay. just north of Naperville yep. and yep. right there on uh, the cusp of uh, Wheaton and Warrenville. Okay, yes. Yeah. So they have some, uh, at least when I was coaching, uh, they had some pretty intense uh, football programs. And, oh, yeah. And uh, wrestling programs and basketball programs. So, yes. yeah, pretty intense yes. uh, sporting programs. So Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of pros came out of, uh, well, a lot of the Wheaton schools, a lot yeah. of the Naperville schools produced a lot of pro athletes. Sure, sure. Uh, some of those guys are, 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 are big. They're yeah. college-ready. Right yep. away, yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, because I part of my backstory is is bodybuilding. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that you were, you were that into that. So, wow, all right, yeah. well, good, good yeah. deal. Yeah. Now, do you continue to lift now? Do you how often do you lift now? How often do you train now? Well, usually it's a five to seven day thing. A oh, week. okay, okay. When I was traveling for my business, yep. and then for uh, the hobby and the speaking, uh-huh. I took about two months off. So I'm okay. just now getting back into it, okay. and uh, the food preps, and yep. Yep. you know the after work, hit the gym, and okay. instead of doing other things, was is now kind of a staple again. Sure, back in that happy place. Sure, yep. I I can relate to that. That's yeah. how my day starts. If I it's either stretching and meditating in the morning and then I get to the gym and then, then I can start, you know, mm-hmm. start counseling or speaking or whatever it is that day I do. Right, right. So, That's so, good. Well, good deal. So yeah. tell us a little bit about um, about what you do now. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you talked about that in the past you've had some jobs mm-hmm. and and now you're you're more in that flow of what you want to do. So tell, me, tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. maybe – 
what that journey was like and you know from mm-hmm. high school or whenever that was and what were some of those jobs that you mm-hmm. uh, that you had but were definitely jobs mm-hmm. and and now you're kind of more in that where you want to be so tell, tell us right. a little bit about that well I always did art okay uh, architecture was more of my kind of passion okay and I realized going through definitely sophomore through senior year that math wasn't necessarily my thing okay so the like the u of i architecture program just wasn't going to work out sure okay so a buddy of mine who i grew up with we went to a design school in florida okay and the program i actually went through and graduated from was more of a interior architecture interior design okay so that was something that i liked but i wasn't as passionate about as the full structural you know design of the exterior and and some of those bigger interior facets it was more it's some some to do with that but more of the uh the interior fittings and in designs and layout of restaurants office and club spaces okay so i went ahead and just wanted to keep along that path and graduate say that it was something that I, I did and I could have a degree under my belt should sure. I ever need something. Sure, yeah. And f- so from there, um, so many other jobs just came into play because I needed to make money and oh, yeah. wanted an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. when I say I have done, I think, every career that you could do f- from graduation in your 20s into your early 30s, I did, besides mm-hmm. Uh, firefighting and police in in military. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So where where the story of uh, where'd your interest in art? Where that was mm-hmm. that was there somebody in your life, someone in your family that saw that you had some talent, or or they were steering you one way? And how, tell us a little bit. Tell me about that. How, yeah. How that all come about? Well, my mother was always creative. Okay. I mean, you know, when I was growing up in the eighties, I mean, if there was a Halloween costume to to be made. She was she was all over it. Okay. If okay. if it was uh, decorating or anything, she was she was all over it. Okay. She didn't necessarily put pen to paper. Uh, my father is in the the print industry, so he would do some of the vectoring and lay out some of the the graphics for the labels that he would then print and sell to his customers. Okay. So there was always kind of that creative background. Okay. In the family, I just kind of gravitated towards drawing and designing homes and cars. That okay. was kind of my thing. Okay. And that was all based off a of pencil and a black and gray type media. Okay. okay. You know, my grandfather worked with wood and he actually would like do some doodles when we were kids and I said, "Well, he's got some he's got some real art in him, some more of the wispy and fun cartoonish stuff." Right, right. And I think I elaborated off of that and just kind of always drew as a kid. Okay. You know, and okay. that really, you know, went into the whole architecture is what I wanted to do creatively but you know as a, as a full-time career moving forward yeah yeah so so you were talking about that obviously you have artists around you creatives around you growing mm-hmm. up and so so they're they're allowing you to embrace that and helping you foster that mm-hmm. and and then you talk about this part that you want to be possibly going to architecture mm-hmm. going to you know structural design those types of things mm-hmm. but then you talked about uh, well math wasn't necessarily uh, <laughs> uh, your strong suit or at least right. it wasn't back then so right so did was there something that happened with school that all mm-hmm. of a sudden now the counselors are like, mm. uh, if you're going to go to U of I or you're going to go to Iowa, yeah. you know, you need blah blah blah. So, right. what what was it like crossing that uh, crossing that bridge? Sure. Well, I, I think it was more uh, not only just the math part, but it was the 
maybe the intimidation of going to a large four-year school, okay. say U of I, as opposed to a trade school that I went okay. to with a buddy down in South Florida, okay. which is equivalent to, say, the Art Institute, yep. where there might be 1,200 kids in the whole school. Okay. So that kind of was another selling point. Okay. And it was in Florida, too, so I was on the beach. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that's a, <laughs> a little bit it's easier to sell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so then when you were down there, did that start kind of giving you more of an idea of, okay, this, okay, now I got I got this piece of paper mm-hmm. um, that gives me, you know, uh, permission to be able to go and get these jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did it allow you to have that, continue to have that creative flow mm-hmm. that, uh, that you enjoyed as a kid, just did it just to do it? Right. Yeah. Did that seem to still follow suit or did it, yeah. did it change a little bit? I would say it, it, it changed, but it really, it really didn't suit the art style that I, I did as a kid. Okay. So in, in other words, it was more of a splice into something different. Okay. And I later found out that that wasn't something I wanted to do long term. Okay. And I think that getting the degree and the experience was the, the focal point rather than trying to harness what my education was and go out and get a career in that. Right. I kind of felt that I wouldn't necessarily like that. So right. I think that kind of um, gave me the opportunity to explore some other things, uh, see what other opportunities were out there at that point in my life, and um, you know, eventually led me to, to doing what I'm doing today yeah. as a full-time yeah. hobby and, and career. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. What's, what, what do you do? What's Len do full-time today? So. Full-time? Yeah. So full-time, I'm a tattoo artist. Okay. Okay. Uh, full-time, I am a pencil uh, portrait artist. Okay. And with that, I have a foundation where I draw portraits of those who have taken their life. Okay. For the family members who have let they've been left behind. Okay. So survivors. <clears throat> survivors. Yeah, significant others who survived mm-hmm. uh, someone someone dying as a result of suicide. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, I do those, and then starting a semicolon project. Um, I okay. do know I haven't read the full story, but I know that the semicolon project started a few years back, yeah. and um, I like the meaning of it. Yep. So that's something that I like to kind of donate and give back along with these the, the portrait work. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you kind of jump in because it. it and the semicolon project's been around for a while, yeah. and 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 I think as it's like many like many things, any things that are are like movements, it it starts off for one reason, then it kind of grows as other individuals kind of uh, you know personalize it, take it on, uh, and it goes to another level. And mm-hmm. for you, what it, what does that mean? To you? What does it mean for you? What what grabbed you um, mm-hmm. with the semicolon project? Well, it was actually when I was tattooing and. Uh, that's how I found out about it, was somebody came in and said I wanted a semicolon. Okay. And at that point, many years back, it could be five, seven years, I didn't even know what it what it meant. Right. So sometimes when you get in a conversation with somebody that's in your, your chair getting a tattoo, you ask maybe what it means or they might open up as to what the tattoo means. Right. So I really kind of started to find out about the project and why each specific person got that, mm-hmm. and it just kind of... I gravitated towards that. Okay. Um, and same to be said for the portrait work. Mm-hmm. I started the portrait uh, business where I was commissioned to draw, you know, people's children, their homes, their cars, loved ones that had passed away. Okay. And then I was commissioned to draw uh, a woman's daughter who had been like bullied in school, and she took her life. Okay. And so he he commissioned me to do that. Right. After completing that, because of my personal background with like mental illness, mm-hmm. especially the teen bullying, I said, you know, this this is part of a, a mission. I can't really 
charge or accept money for doing this. That's how I wanted to donate and to give back. Okay. So I could okay. reach an audience that maybe didn't have resources to say, I can pay you X amount of dollars to do this portrait and give it right. as a gift, you know, to somebody who was surviving that 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 type of loss. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's kind of how that started. Okay. So your primary source of revenue mm-hmm. is the tattooing, right? Mm-hmm. And that could be any type of your style or what sure. what a customer comes in and yeah. is looking for. And then when it comes to the semicolon project, that's mm-hmm. part of what you, you part of your giving back. Mm-hmm. And then the portrait's also part of giving back. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. And that's so, it's so new. Yeah. And I haven't, you know, when I did an event that you, you know, were nice enough to have me come yep. uh, be a part of, is was kind of my statement of saying this is what I'm going to do and what I want to do. Right. Okay. And now that I'm back more in a, a shop setting, I had a, somebody come in. It was the last tattoo of the year, uh, last year in 20, 2018. Okay. So that was the last tattoo I did was a semicolon. Mm-hmm. And I, I told the, the, the person, the client, that, hey, I'm going to be doing this as, you know, I'm going to be gifting these and donating my time in, in, in this art. And I'm going to mention you on a, a podcast I'm going to do with, with Kevin. Okay. And uh, she said, you know, she told me her story as to okay. why she got it. Okay. So it's, it's, it's now it's the passion for it's even, even, even greater. greater. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think <clears throat> that is, is how things unfold, right? Is mm-hmm. it? you know, you start following that nudging, you start following that, that thing that it's like, okay, I need to do this. And, and then we have, you know, we're going to have tension or conflict between our, right, how do I, how do I go about doing this? Am I, mm-hmm. do I charge? Do I not charge? Do I give this away? Do mm-hmm. I, how do I, how do I go about doing this? But those are just the details. Mm-hmm. It's more about following that that calling and and yeah. I think also uh, a part of that at least this is what I found in my own journey mm-hmm. as well as other people that I've talked to is that many many times that thing that we're called to comes out of some mm. source of pain yeah um, some some source of our own uh, conflict that we may have gone through or that has either happened to us or we've maybe you know vicariously learned through but you talked about you, mm-hmm. you know mentioned a little bit about your own mental illness or your own journey with that what mm-hmm. tell us tell me a little bit about that and, and what was that like and it sounded like there was some bullying uh, you, you had been a victim mm-hmm. of bullying too or mm-hmm. so yeah so tell me tell me a little bit about yeah. when did that all come about and when do you notice that it was a difference between mm-hmm. sadness versus no mm-hmm. there's something else going on here I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not just bummed out so. yeah well, well, the funny thing is, is I was a pretty quiet kid in high school. Okay, I was fortunate enough to have a outgoing best friend who, you know, if there if there was the the pair of us, he was always the one that was, you know, outgoing, and he was the one that incorporated us into groups that maybe I wouldn't have, of of maybe had myself self into mm-hmm. or a part of. So we always had friends, and he was in sports, and I was in sports. Um, and he's a he's a he's a he's a bigger stockier dude, so people didn't really mess with me, and I I was too quiet, and I didn't really have an opinion to where somebody could make a judgment sure. about yeah. me or had anything. Didn't have the braces in high school, didn't have the big glasses in high school, so I wasn't bullied. But who I am is somebody of a sensitive nature. I feel the pain of of others. Yes, yeah. you could say it's empathic. Yep. And I saw a lot of kids get bullied, and I, I felt for them. Uh-huh. Put myself in their shoes, and I would be 
around those people. I'd be around the people who, of all different just, just types of people in, in school. Yeah. Okay. And I, I witnessed that. Um, and then, of course, when I started the foundation and found out the reason why a lot of these kids had taken their life with the bullying and the cyberbullying now with the social media yeah. is where it really hit my heart. Yeah. Um, and the mental illness that, that I went through or felt, I guess you could say, that came years prior and kind of went through high school. But I was personally never bullied. So I oh, okay. can't imagine okay. having felt the way I did. And being bullied like okay. some other maybe okay. maybe kids or yeah, yeah. you know young men and women went through in okay. those those earlier years. So, so you said something that's, that's that I've been um, drawn to and, and learning more about. Some of it has to do with my myself and a, a couple family members, and then just individuals I've met. And mm-hmm. I was introduced to this. Um, uh, body of work uh, uh, research that's done called the highly sensitive person, mm. and um, and I'm drawing a blank right now of mm-hmm. uh, of the of the lady's name who yeah. who started that work, but um, and it was about this idea that um, we we all have a limbic system, and mm-hmm. and in that with our limbic system, the stronger a person's limbic system is, the more uh, likely we're going to be able to pick up on or sense mm-hmm. what or, or feel what is going on with someone else. And so individuals that tend to be more uh, sensitive or highly sensitive, it's not necessarily we, we have, especially for us as men, we have this mm-hmm. negative stereotype about that. Mm-hmm. But most creatives... Mm-hmm. Most uh, counselors, teachers, mm-hmm. are going to have some element of this uh, empathic uh, intuitiveness, um, that stronger limbic system. And so um, we may deny it. We may push it down. Yeah. You know, um, But some of us are just wired that way more so than others. And so um, when I do some trainings on bullying, we, we talk about how the bystander is – equally impacted by sure. the violence um, uh, of, of bullying. And mm-hmm. um, and that's what sounds very much like where you were. Vicariously, you were picking up on uh, what was going on and, mm-hmm. and, and you empathized with mm-hmm. uh, the, you know other classmates who may be you know, getting a hard time. And, and if you're like I was during that time, I didn't understand it. Right. I, didn't, I didn't understand why it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was like I wouldn't have not ever thought about doing that to somebody. You know, and right. and so I didn't get the why at all. You know, behind that, mm-hmm. maybe now I have a little bit better understanding when I've listened to individuals who've been bullies, mm-hmm. why they do what they do, um, mm-hmm. if they can articulate. But um, so that's interesting about, um, and it probably goes right into the same things with. Uh, where you've picked up on, uh, had empathy for individuals and wanted to give back and, and that piece as well. So, so you, so you went through, so you didn't have necessarily because of your friends, because of your own nature, you didn't necessarily yourself get bullied, Mm -hmm. but then you, you, but you were an internal person. You internalized a lot of things. And, um, if you can, is there, for you, is there a difference between, uh, depression and being an intro, not introvert, but um, uh, introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how how would you, for you, how do you differentiate for you? How have you come to differentiate between being mm-hmm. a, someone who contemplates about things, who, who thinks, who feels, mm-hmm. versus someone who has depression? So, what, sure. how, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? 
Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to understand the question. Is, okay, you know, if okay. it's if it's something um, for me personally, or or is it well, or or just <clears throat> in maybe if there is something from you personally, if you've mm-hmm. noticed that, because it sounds like as you're as you definitely have that intuitive creative side you you just you, know, you talked about being mm-hmm. uh, being able to feel what other people were feeling mm-hmm. and i know for me um there's times in my past where i can get caught in a loop um, mm-hmm. of where i'm where i'm overthinking things and and i'm picking up on other what you know someone I'm, you know i know they're in a bad mood i know they're not was that because of me? Is that mm. is that their own stuff? No, it, oh, must be, yeah. it must have to do with me. Sure, because I bring it all the way back to me <laughs> yeah. all the time, you know. And so, what what is that? You know, what's that going on? And if I get caught in that loop for too long, either yeah. my anxiety goes up, yeah, or I can get caught into this depressive loop. Mm. And 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 for me, it, it if I catch it soon enough, I don't. It isn't a chemical thing, mm. you know. It's not a chemical piece, but it is a negative loop. That I that I keep on finding more things to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, has there been time periods when um, it, it's been more of a chemical thing for me? I think so. When I wasn't, you know, wasn't taking care of myself or, mm-hmm. or overworking, wasn't getting enough sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, projects I was working on were too big and mm-hmm. fall asleep fast, but then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep because my mind would start racing. Oh wow! And I would never. Uh, it wouldn't go back to sleep, and so my body's never got restored. You know, right. so then I get I got in a vicious loop, and so was there some there was definitely some things going off, mm-hmm. chemical that were just now starting to feed itself that way. Ah, um, okay. But it didn't start off. For me, it was never I never experienced what some people experience with mm-hmm. um, a lack of serotonin or, sure. or or that clinical depression. I never experienced that. Um, but obviously, being a counselor, I've yeah. I've I've encountered and worked with a lot of people who have. So yeah. that's why I was just curious because a lot of creatives, when I've worked with them, they they struggle either after a, a show or an event and the, all that build up to it. And then and then afterwards it's, mm. and, they, and they don't know what to do with that. They need mm-hmm. to step away from everything to to restore right? sure, and, sure. Um, so I was just curious about because you're clearly have that creative side clearly an artist mm-hmm. and I've just wondered if you had if you had experienced anything like that yeah I would I would say I did okay. uh, I mean I don't know if, I think if I'm trying to you know uh, compartmentalize the, the question as, yeah. as, as far as maybe recharging my batteries right. or is that kind of what you're, yeah, you're well, saying or to or, step away from yeah or just your own experience with that I mean if you know with you know now like you said you're in a much better place right now mm-hmm. you know of, of what of how to maintain that maintain that flow and what do you need to do mm-hmm. regarding that and you said that's when you go to the gym yeah right? and that's that's a piece of that yeah. and then what are you, you know there's other things that you do besides go to the gym mm-hmm. to kind of get grounded get restored yeah I would say everything I do is kind of purpose driven okay um it's almost like a bodybuilder if they they eat they eat for not for taste they right. for fueling and purpose sure I'd say this is kind of how i I live my life is is more purpose driven yeah um because some of those those wants and needs in in my previous years maybe that things didn't work out the way I wanted to mm-hmm. and then maybe that led me down the path of negativity to to you know to not want to be here per mm-hmm. se. So so now the things that I do, um, I simply by taking care of my health, 
mm-hmm. is what's kind of brought clarity. It, it brought me back to the world, mm-hmm. um, allowed me to maybe mitigate the medications okay. and kind of let, I guess, nature heal me, if, if you will. Right. Yeah. And, and in that, really going for the things that made me happy, which is is to give back and yeah. to help other people, yeah. put smiles on people's faces. Sure, sure. So, so I think being empathic and being uh, seeing things in, in younger years, it's it's – allowed me to stay happy it kind of kind of work through my pain mm-hmm. um but also to give to give back mm-hmm. and with uh, like the portraits and, and giving back it, it art's almost like a therapy is therapeutic for myself mm-hmm. to sit there and draw something okay and it's a piece of it's a masterpiece to me when it's finished right. and then when somebody's you know i might not necessarily know the person that i'm drawing mm-hmm. but when it gets to the the recipient you see the tears, and it's almost as if I knew the person my, myself that I'm drawing and almost connecting with. Okay. So okay. I would say that the things that kind of pull me and keep me going are the things that, um, you know, I use as therapeutic devices to stay okay. to stay on the right track. Okay. Stay away okay. from from that dark kind of side and path. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and you've talked about that a couple different times, to, you know, today about mm-hmm. that idea of of purpose and yeah. and and feeling um, fulfilled by by doing this work by being able to give back mm-hmm. um many times i think you know we have a greater appreciation for that purpose when we've had a time period in our life when we didn't feel we had that purpose mm. um and i know for me when that's been part of my story you know mm-hmm. there was a there was a gap in time where bodybuilding was done i wasn't competing anymore mm-hmm. and and i was you know different boxes were checked but i was in the recreation of my i, I had to recreate myself because that that was over that was done i was mm-hmm. no longer a competitive athlete mm-hmm. and and specifically no longer bodybuilding which had been my identity mm-hmm. and and i was kind of lost I, I and what came out of it was becoming a counselor that's and becoming a sure. teacher that's what came out of it but there was a time period where I didn't know I was searching I, I knew what I wasn't but I didn't know what mm. where I was now for me at least the whole time it was within me mm-hmm. what what I was supposed to be the whole time was there the whole time I just I just didn't know it I just didn't you know, hadn't discovered it yet. It had, it hadn't revealed itself and had it unfolded. And if it was sneaking out every once in a while, mm. I kept on thinking it was so. You know, no, it must be something else. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm just wondering: was there a time period where you were in that struggling of? Because you you used that word purpose a handful of times, so sure. obviously that's a it's a key to where you're where yeah. you're at now, and, yeah. and and knowing that you're on the right right part of your journey right now. But what was that? What was that time period like with? Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't as clear, right? Well, well, that I think it stemmed from 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 college, you know. Okay. So I graduate. I, I I was in school, and I remember calling, you know, my parents maybe first semester, you know, because like I said, I wanted to do architecture. Mm-hmm. So when I started the program um, at the design school, it, it wasn't architecture based. It was it was a, kind of a different uh, style of design or architecture. Mm-hmm. So I remember wanting to either switch uh, programs, degree programs, mm-hmm. or come home and, and hit the reset button and find something else or go to work right away. Mm-hmm. And the decision I made with the, with my family was just to kind of ride it out and give it a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. But that went from enjoying it to just the 
purpose of let's get a degree. Let's get the piece of paper so that you can have the completion, you can have a degree under your belt, mm-hmm. and see with that degree what you can do in other avenues in life. And how much time did you have left when mm-hmm. when you were really in that kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, did you have a semester yeah. left? Did you have a oh, year left? Okay. This was this was first semester. I oh. knew right away. Oh, yeah. Oh. And yeah. this was a two-year program or a four-year program? This, it, it, was, it was a bachelor's of four-year and then for like interior design, interior architecture, I think I think you need to get certified another year to, to practice in your, yeah, your state, yeah. license rather. Yeah. So it was uh, it was right before like 9-11 happened. And I, I got the call from my parents and like, you know, if you want to come home, you can come on home and switch schools, transfer schools. So I came home from, from Florida and transferred to a school in the city. Upon transferring, some of those credits wouldn't transfer over. So I lost about a year's worth of credits. So now I had to play catch up from a degree program that I could have already uh, kind of cashed in at that school, yep. go to school for a couple more years in, in the city just to get that degree. So I just, I knew all along that it wasn't something that I maybe wanted to do full time. And when I was at the point where I could graduate or continue, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, you know, it's time to go in the work field and mm-hmm. get a career, make some money, and, and yeah. start up, start my life. Okay. That's all I kind of knew. And that's what I did ultimately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So early on, early on, you knew that this was mm-hmm. that, okay, I should do this. I'm supposed to do this, mm-hmm. get this piece of paper. Um, but you 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 were taking one for the team. Yeah, <laughs> early on, yeah. early on, yeah. early on. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So man, that's 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 tough. Yeah, that, that's tough, especially once you become aware of it. Yeah, you can't not be aware of that, right? right. I mean, that's a that makes a journey even yeah. even harder. So yeah, so it was. so it was difficult. So you had a reason for doing it, but that's different than a purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, the reason was. That the piece of paper is supposed to give you mm-hmm. some level of insurance, sure, assurance or insurance yeah. that you're that you're going to get some kind of job or career or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, very much. It was uh, there was that part of me that that yeah had, had drank that Kool Aid too, you know, okay. and and, <laughs> and was under. I don't know if I drank the Kool Aid, but that, it definitely was being offered, you know, <laughs> right? And, um, because like in my case, I you know I got a four year degree. Yeah, mm. Two years for a community college, mm-hmm. and then I went to Illinois State and got a degree in psychology. Okay, and um, but I had never met a counselor. I, oh, I wow. had I had no idea what a counselor did or, you know, anything about that at all. And it wasn't until after I graduated. And my first job out of out of undergraduate was a correctional officer. I was mm. a juvenile correctional officer for a year. Oh, wow. And it was okay. only through that that I start discovering a little bit, but I still hadn't met a counselor yet. Oh, wow. And so um, it, it it was an interesting, because I thought I was interested in the idea of psychology and the idea of, you know, what makes us, you know, think the way we think and do the things that we do. Sure. Um, but I never had that really tied directly into clinical counseling or mm. anything like that. That came, came later. Um, it was I was supposed to go to school to get a piece of paper that's yeah. what you're supposed to do and once you start it you got to finish it type of thing right um but yeah. th- there was reasons for doing it but it wasn't necessarily a purpose okay for me either you know and yeah. and so okay so you get into the workforce mm-hmm. and, and you're doing different jobs that this piece of paper allows you to do right yeah. and in yeah. those types of things and um what was that like i mean obviously mm-hmm. well 
what was that like? What was what, that like? Yeah, yeah. What was that like going through those elements? Because you yeah. know, I I think there's a lot of people that are listening um, to to this. Yeah. That um, like the main purpose of why I want to have these conversations is so that you know, okay, so this is what Kevin did, and this mm-hmm. is how he got through it. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what Len, Len did and got through it. It mm-hmm. wasn't just this this trajectory of everything was just at this, you know, this accelerated incline, right? Mm-hmm. And and so there's going to be someone who's going to be struggling mm-hmm. and asking these same questions. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't have access to a counselor. Maybe they don't have access to, you know, a friend who's been through it or having mm-hmm. those conversations. And mm-hmm. And I want to be able to have someone listen mm-hmm. to what what we're talking about and go, okay, so I'm not going crazy. This is what's going on. Maybe sure. if that's what happened with him, maybe that's you know we're not we're not really alone, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so it's that idea that um, there may be someone who is uh, going through the same thing or has gone through the same thing, mm-hmm. and I'd want to kind of give them give them some guidance. So mm-hmm. so as you were searching through that time period. Yeah, and you weren't. It wasn't yet a purpose. I mean, it was it was serving what it needed to serve. I'm assuming you mm-hmm. were making money, and mm-hmm. you know, certain people in your probably in your life were going, "All right, Len's going to do okay here." You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, mm-hmm. and um, but what was that like? Not having really found the thing yet. Mm. It w- it was it was a it was it was a purpose driven um, mindset i had but it was the wrong purpose it wasn't the purpose i guess that that led to to what i'm doing now okay and that was the the mystery is, is why am i why am i doing this mm-hmm. and i guess you could say it was it was it was for the money i was searching <clears throat> this dream this idea that i had it was i guess for me and, and to be to be quite forward was you know make $100,000 a year with your degree or get a job that that you did you didn't have to necessarily like it but it served a purpose mm. it could bring you you know uh shelter for uh a spouse and two kids and a dog so i wanted to do whatever was out there to to get the finances to to live mm-hmm. uh, which which was fine but for me in my whole story is that 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 wasn't it and everything that I went through, it, it I felt it needed to happen for me to, to do what I ultimately do, which is bringing me to things like this that you you set up mm-hmm. for me to give back and for me to feel uh, fulfilled in that the purpose is, is, is serving a purpose for myself and for others. Mm-hmm. And, and what I have gone through um, allows me to now give back and mm-hmm. to keep me, I don't want to say sane, but it keeps me going and keeps me happy and it drives me. Mm-hmm. And to and it was really a lot of those those jobs just were, were not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get farther enough in any one of those careers to reap the benefits of I would say a, what what was set out or my coworkers were doing. Say a six figure job. It was always in the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. And when I say I've been through every type of sales and marketing and mm-hmm. an office job and you know door to door sales thing, I I did it all. Mm-hmm. And none of it felt right, but other things in my life didn't feel right too. So mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't necessarily the career and, and the financial gain or or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. It was just whatever I needed to go through in those 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 years, those those the twenties, mm-hmm. um, where I'm at the peak of my sensitivity and my, the peak of of action and, and friends and stimulation. That um, it had to either work or it had to crash. 
and to see what would come out of those 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 ashes. Yeah. And that's really what led me to finding doing the things I'm doing now. Okay. And there's specifics to that that we can get into. Yeah. You know, yeah. at any time. Yeah. 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 Tell me a little bit about that piece of it. You know, because yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. Just, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the as you said those specifics. Okay. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. So I I had the job I was doing at that time. I was doing doing real estate, so I was doing commercial real estate, okay. and I was working for a gentleman who was a developer, just a one man show, and he wanted, uh, you know, he wanted a rep and or he wanted a, a salesperson to go out and lease his properties uh, for him. So I was kind of the face of, of of his company, and what happened at that time was like it was around two thousand six, and then the market kind of crashed, mm-hmm. uh, real estate, the financial kind of market went 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 south and but at that time we we were actually doing well we 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 leased some of the properties that we had and him his, him and i our work was kind of done okay so he we, we parted ways for for a couple of reasons but certainly not on a bad note and that left me kind of well now i'm back renting a room out of a friend's house and i didn't know what i really didn't know what i wanted to do with my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. that's and then that's going on the careerbuilder.coms and, mm-hmm. and really saying this is what i want to make what can i do with the experience i have mm-hmm. and then this degree in something totally different than the careers that i had kind of went through up to that point Okay. You know, it wasn't like I stuck with one industry mm-hmm. and I was building my experience in my portfolio, I guess you could say, and resume through one industry. I jumped I jumped everywhere. Yeah. Um administration to sales. Okay. So then in you know, I would say in, in two thousand seven ish and when I was twenty seven is when a lot of things I guess came crashing down on me personally. Sure. I guess you could say the world kinda just uh, flipped upside down and relationships and the place where I lived and uh, family issues and person A could go through them with a smile and, and they could rise from the ashes right away and, and know what they need to do to get themselves better, get on track. I went the other way. It it, it ate me up. And, you know, that's when I decided, I said, I'm done. And I tried to take my life pretty violently. Uh, okay. So... That's when I was I, I was out I, I was done mm-hmm. and I was um, I was 27, so from from the events of of that instance, uh, I ended up in a um, a crisis unit at a hospital, mm-hmm. and from there I think is when everything started. Okay, because I was in there and and I remember there was this woman and she sat down and she saw me doodling during times between. Uh, meals and your therapy groups when you're in, you know in those inpatient 24-hour lockdown types of you know uh, environments yeah, yeah. yeah she said you need to either be a, a psychiatrist and help people or be a tattoo artist and I said okay <laughs> I'll do both <laughs> why not <laughs> so sure, so that's sure. what I did sure. I got I got out uh, of there and and get you know reacclimated to the world and mm-hmm. and I um started drawing f- for the mindset of being a tattoo artist and i looked into uh the undergrad program for going pre-med at loyola med school gotcha. so I, I did both because i wanted to help it i've always been able to listen yeah. and give feedback right. Right. um and i wish i would have done maybe your route or other p- people's route of of being a counselor right when i was out of high school 
you know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas would have yeah. been great. Yeah. So I was looking at starting med school at like, you know, maybe 29 or 30. Yeah. And for me, I kind of needed to do other things like have finances and yeah. have opportunities that maybe uh, could or hopefully would have been preferable to start earlier in my life. Sure. So okay. now I'm, I'm 29. It's like, what do I do? Okay. And me getting through my mental struggles opened up doors I never knew were there. Life kind of just happened for me. Yeah. And uh, my buddy, he was starting at a tattoo shop, and he uh, he had an opening for me to, they were looking for an apprentice. Okay. So I started over there. He said, look, you know, you, you've been on medication for two years. I was literally a recluse. I really didn't come out of the basement for two years. My parents... Um, you stayed with your parents that. at that time? Yeah, staying yeah. The parent in the basement. Now, I made this basement amazing. Yeah. This was great. This yeah. is my sanctuary <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> when yeah. I was getting better. Yeah. Um, and then we can go into to what kind of got me better and, and, and brought me back to the yeah. light. Well, sure. Let me, let me ask you real quick before we jump too far into oh, that. Oh, sure, Because sure. I guess part of it is, you know, there's a lot of people that st- they're either fearful that either themselves or a loved one is going to find them in this spin out and yeah. in contemplating maybe I'm better off not being here, you know. And if you if you look back now uh, on on those pre, I don't know, from maybe it was 22, 21 to to uh-huh. twenty seven, whatever that time period was when you were doing all these different types of jobs, trying yeah. to figure figure things out. Mm-hmm. If there was, if you were able to kind of summarize all that looking back on it not at the, not at the time necessarily knowing it but what was driving all that i mean mm-hmm. you, you you're you've been a pretty driven person your sounds like your entire life mm-hmm. and and yeah, so and, and so obviously you'd be driven during that time period and you had multitudes of different careers or jobs that you were trying so so what was that i mean what was what was that thing that was driving that because mm-hmm. obviously that was a contributing factor, yeah, yeah, to realizing it's not working. I mm-hmm. mean, so so what was if you can capture that? What mm-hmm. what was that? What was driving? Mm-hmm. What, what was the thing? What were, to to kind of keep me going through those 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 careers and jumping around in my my twenties? You're saying, well, or, or like the, the earlier years before well, the splice? Oh, I could say. I, I guess okay. So let me use myself as an example. Okay. I re- I remember when my bodybuilding career was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd already won the Mr. USA. I'd oh, already you did? won the Mr. Illinois, Mr. USA, oh, wow. teenage Illinois and okay. USA. And and I would continue to compete as an adult um, in the men's, yeah. but I never won another show. And I yeah. knew, without telling them, I knew that it was coming to an end, yeah. but I was afraid of it being over mm. because if it ended, who would I be? All right. Because I was only in my mind, I was. This was it. Right. And there, you know, another part of that story goes back is that I remember, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind being invisible mm. from a social standpoint. You know, well, I wasn't invisible as the captain of the football team, captain of the wrestling team, you know, you know this bodybuilder, all these types of things. And the fear was this little sixth grader, little seventh grade person in this big body was afraid that if I stop doing this, then I'll go back to being invisible. Mm, okay. And and so I would continue competing, even though 
I essentially knew that it was over. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I mean. I'm wondering if you have any, you looking back in that time period, what drove me, I mean, it was good. I mean, you know, when it drove me to do things that other people weren't willing to do and discipline mm-hmm. themselves and things like that, it drove me that way. Mm-hmm. But there was also a flip side to that. Mm-hmm. that got me way out of balance and I mm-hmm. stayed too long. Mm-hmm. And and so it was good and then it wasn't, you know, type okay. of thing. And that's why I'm just curious if there was a similar type of thing for yourself mm-hmm. pre that really darkest place sure. where things were getting darker, but sure. you were still moving, but there was something that was mm-hmm. maybe it was someone else's voice, maybe it was your own, like in my case. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so, no one else did that to me. That was Kevin. You yeah. Know, that was Kevin that was doing no one intervened. Right. Because I didn't tell anybody what was going on. Okay. But no one was telling me that I had to do that. Okay. You know, um, I was chasing after that dragon, Mm. running from the fear of being invisible again, Mm. you know. So, so what, if you can think of that time period, because you were, you were chasing, you were looking for something to fit in and to fit. Yeah. What, yeah. What was, what could you, yeah. I was I was I was running from myself and I was I was chasing my heart because in my 20s I you know relationships and, and girls were lo- love I was looking for love mm. and and some could say that 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 it was my kryptonite but I was looking for love but but I was looking for something in myself mm-hmm. I was either looking for validation or that always seemed to be the thing that blocked me from having these careers now would I be successful in some of these careers now being maybe 10, 15 years in, say when I was a, a banker? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I remember starting off that banking career at a, at, at a certain time, just worried about what like my girlfriends were, were doing. Mm-hmm. And now that I look back at it, it had nothing to do with the, the girlfriends. It had something to do with me not knowing a purpose or me not doing what I needed to do to find out who I am to, to be what I am. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even I didn't I didn't know that like you know you said you were you were a bodybuilder and and uh, and it was coming to an end and, and maybe it coming to an end would bring you back to a place that got you into it. Mm-hmm. See, so I, I didn't I didn't know yeah. um, to take me back. I was maybe fourteen years old, and I remember like laying on the floor before school, and I said, "Hey, mom, I don't feel right. Something's maybe different with the world or me." And she, you know, said basically, you know, you're fine, you know, just get up and, and keep moving. Um, so there was, there's two schools of thought. There was one that said, just keep going mm-hmm. and it's fine. And there's one that say, well, maybe, maybe we can go talk to somebody or, or a counselor. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of crying out in a way at a, at a young age, but I didn't even know what it was. And maybe because of the time period, maybe it was the nineties and it wasn't as talked about. Mm-hmm. And I know many years prior, it really wasn't talked about and it right. was taboo. And maybe now it, it, it is, but at that time it was just to keep going and to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from a lot of a family of athletes. So it was almost like find something in your side yourself and keep going. Yeah. So I think what I did was I just did what I was not told to do, but what was going on around me. Everybody seemed fine. Yeah. And nobody seemed to have, there was no mental illness. We had never lost anybody to mental health or suicide in high school. Nobody, mm-hmm. not at all. It was mm-hmm. never and never like that. Mm-hmm. No struggles. Um, so I kind of felt alone and it really went untapped mm-hmm. for all those years. Sure. And it wasn't until I was maybe in my earlier 20s where, again, I was going through something with career and, and with 
chasing my heart that I said, well, maybe I need to, to get on medication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had an early run with trying some medication and uh, say an SSRI for depression, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And that really didn't do much. I was happy that first couple of days, serotonin's all up and you're good. <laughs> you <know? laughs> sure. Yeah. I was like, great. But but then that, that didn't fulfill me and it mm-hmm. didn't solve any problems. Right, right. So I, I truly would say to you, Kevin, that everything that I went through and my struggles and what how I needed to break down, it, it had to happen in a way. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think I could be who I am if I didn't go through that that struggle. And it's I would hope that nobody else would have to go through that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do what I do. Yeah, because I try to say for me and my experience was that um, I was chasing the wrong things and I got these wrong results. And I needed to look within myself. To find, because if if a career was what I struggled with, and what kind of brought me down in the financial side, I said, what else can I do to maybe be fulfilled, but then to get revenue? Mm-hmm. So now I do what I always did as a kid. I get paid to play. I did art when I was a kid. Yeah. So now I kind of get paid to do what I I want to do. Yeah. And then these things right now nine years into tattooing into the portrait business slash kind of foundation I started. Now I'm, I'm starting to give back and speak about my personal story yeah. in a semi-selfish way, but it, it's to give back and to, yeah. to share, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I get in, we could get it, get into this piece that, you know, I've obviously have, you know, quite a bit of tattoos and, yeah. and, you know, as much as I enjoyed the end result of the tattoos, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the conversations okay. that I had with the guy who was doing the tattooing. Yeah. And we had phenomenal conversation. I mean, when you're sitting in a chair for six yeah. hours, you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> about something. we're talking, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was, it was, I enjoyed that part of it. And, and I can just imagine with him, his name is John, you know, we became friends over that time period, you yeah. know, we, and, and not necessarily hanging out friends, but yeah. I mean, I've got to know him, he's gotten to know me. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was, yeah, he had a job to do and, and, you know, he was getting paid to, to do that, but it was an experience for, mm-hmm. I think I would, I'm never asked him, but I imagine it was an experience for him. It's kind of like when I'm counseling with someone, you know, it's what I would, that or teaching or you're doing a seminar, it's what I would do even if I didn't get paid. Mm -hmm. It's just how I get reimbursed for my time now. Okay. But I enjoy the experience. I look forward to that experience of meeting someone, talking to them, listening to their story, listening to their journey, kind of like what you, what you're talking about right now. And, and I, and I agree with you. I think that we we do have to go through those things and 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 I think also that as much as we want people I want people to be able to hear your story my story other people's stories um, about our journey that maybe they can make some different choices mm-hmm. I also want them to know that when they find themselves in that darkness mm-hmm. that it isn't they're not the only one right that that just because they're in the darkness doesn't mean something needs to die, but it doesn't necessarily mean to, it doesn't need to be them. Right. Maybe it's an old mindset. Maybe maybe it's this preconceived notion of whatever it was that was driving them to that place. Maybe that needs to die, but they themselves physically don't necessarily they don't need to die. Right. You know. So I so I, so I think there needs to be a bottom or a death of something. Mm-hmm. But I think without knowing, people then translate into that I can't go on 
meaning physically. So they, they get into that darkness and then they don't think there's any way else, but that's the only option. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you, and similar to me, I had to go through those things. Yeah. It was the only way that I was going to let go. Yeah. It had to end the way it ended or I wouldn't have, I would have continued hanging on mm. until worse things would have happened, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, so let's let's jump into this part now. So now, okay. you know, you go through all that stuff, yeah. right? And yeah. and and you got a degree, you got all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't need a degree to tattoo, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, last, the last thing you need is yeah. money. <laughs> you do need to go through apprenticeship. You yeah. do need to be taught. You yeah. do need to have some, you know, so, some you know, yeah. expertise with that. But yeah. but the reality is is that yeah. you know you have those things, and obviously you have your own story. Not mm-hmm. only your own story of, of your own journey and listening to people, but you went that route trying to find fulfillment in your heart. And ended up coming full circle, and and now your canvas is skin, as as yeah. well as regular canvas. Obviously, when yeah. you're doing the portraits, so yeah. so t- tell us if if there was if you can mm-hmm. grab one story, in obviously not using anybody's names or anything, but one yeah. story that when they're sitting in the chair, yeah, and you're working on them, yeah, and you're connecting with them, and they're connecting. Um, what would be one of those stories that that affirm you going, all right, God, all right, I know where I'm, I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. So, can you think of any any yeah. story that just pops in your mind of, of yeah. what over the last nine years of, sure. of you working with somebody that, okay, yeah, this is why I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. Well, I would say it's almost. I would say in some ways, more the long term clients, but there's there's even new people that'll uh, you know new clients they'll see that either they're walk like a walk into the shop. Yeah. Um, and we just get it, a lot of it starts with they tell me why they're getting a specific tattoo, yeah. um, and just through conversation and it, it's never like a, on purpose. I never try to sneak it in, but it always comes out as to you know what people ask me how I became a tattoo artist, mm-hmm. and I and I I tell them I don't tell them this specific story of oh I was in the hospital and this and that, mm-hmm. but it but but it comes up so. It's. I would say it's almost everybody in some way. Um, I become a sounding board for them to listen to, and they they listen to me as well. They almost become my therapist when I talk in a way, and I become mm-hmm. you know I, I I give them point of views. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's it's probably every everybody, and mm-hmm. then maybe um, uh, the long term clients who know me and they see me through even the struggles I've been through in the past nine years when mm-hmm. things haven't been. Uh, you know, roses and sunshine. Sure. Yeah. So, but there's been several people who tell me that they're getting a certain tattoo for a specific reason that kind of hits home. And, and and I don't know if that answers your question, but it seems like each each piece and each person, it's there's there's some type of story with it. Yeah. And yeah. It's it's interesting about the whole idea of tattooing, right? Obviously, yeah. it's become over the last whatever five ten years, it's mm-hmm. become popular and, and across you know everything from elderly people to yeah. you know younger people and yeah. in that and and I know for me when I first got my my first tattoo was in the early nineties and and I always believed that I I had 
I had to have meaning. You know, it has to have a story. This isn't going away, yeah. so I better have a good story to go to go with it, right? Yeah. And I've recognized over the years that isn't everyone else's story. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not necessarily have to have a story. They just they just want it because whatever. You know, um, what have you seen regarding the mm-hmm. maybe the stigma, or, or maybe maybe that you haven't necessarily got a ton of stigma mm-hmm. because of it's tattooing look is different now than it used to be. But mm-hmm. has there been stigma? I should ask you know, mm-hmm. about being a tattoo artist, you mm-hmm. know, um, cause there's a whole lot more of a story there than, mm-hmm. than the, than the stereotypical, uh, yeah. this is, this is the guy who dropped out of high school, couldn't sure. do anything else, which I haven't met those <clears throat> tattoo artists, by the way, <laughs> 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 they all had yeah. other stories, but well, I, um, I tell you what, I wish I would have gotten a tattoo and read at high school, Yeah, but I never would have known I was going to be a tattoo artist. And I don't want to say, Oh, I appreciate it more now, but I came into my life at the right time. Yeah. It might have been an opportunity, like all the opportunities that kind of just slipped through my fingers yeah. because of my mindset. I, I could have done the real estates or the banking now and found more love for it, or it might have just gelled like the tat, the tattooing did. Mm-hmm. But I think that the when the stars aligned and I came into it at that time, it all kind of just 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 worked together. Yeah, you know. And, and as far as stigma, um, yeah, like you said, over the past five to ten years especially a lot of clients I work with or um, people in your your field and position mm-hmm. yeah. um, people in law enforcement military uh, attorneys people that you may net you know never uh, either because their tattoos aren't visual you know visual um, or because it, it just you know you, you wouldn't think they would get tattooed um, they, they do now start to get the pieces that they've maybe wanted in earlier years mm-hmm. or you know they're getting covered up and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that kind of stigma's kind of breaking its way through yeah and, and i think you know from a couple different shops that i've gone to you know mm-hmm. over the years um the shops are different now you know yeah. and and that you know is and there's a lot of different things that have changed as far as regulations and and mm-hmm. safety and all those types of things so yeah. well let me let me as we're getting ready to wrap up for today yeah. you know sure. and i definitely appreciate you know and especially as your foundation's growing yeah. and as you're doing this more more I, I would definitely if you're open to it, i'd like to have you yeah. if you be willing to come back on you know at some time in the future as as yeah. you continue to continue this I'd journey but yeah. but if there was anything that you you know with with the work that you're doing right now with where where you're at in your journey right now and how things have been unfolding for you and and as we've been reflecting back on what got you to this place is there anything sure. in particular that you would want to let someone know about you know regarding yeah. um you know, maybe their journey or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, and then I think, I, I think I'm trying to answer your question and, and how I interpret it, um, is just to, my grandma always told me this. She said, she said, always do, do your art because it's something you always do as a hobby when we're sitting around or Thanksgiving waiting for, you know, dessert or something, just, just do your, do your hobby. And I was like, no, nah, you know, grandma, I'm in school for this, or I need to, I need to do that. Follow Follow what you like to do in the younger years or find find a hobby and see if you can make a career out of that. You know, yeah. see if you can get, I guess, paid to play. And my journey, I, I think my message is that my journey fell into my lap because it was the last res- resort as to how I can get paid and live and not want to be in this position where I don't like what I do. Yeah. And I always appreciate people that can go to work. They have a nine to five. They, they get paid, but they don't like it. Um, I think for me, I have to do something that I like and I'm passionate about. Yeah. So, and, and and I really hope that 
folks don't have to maybe go to the levels that I had to go to to, to find what I, I like to do. But um, just go go with your heart and what, what you feel is best and um, what what suits you and your family or if it's you giving back to the world or expressing yourself is, is to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. It'll... And it, it'll find you, I think, like this kind of found found me. It fell into my lap, mm-hmm. and it and it's worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting with your grandma's comment, right? Yeah. And <laughs> and and it's you know what it reminded me of is that it was almost like you awoke to it. Yeah. Right? It was already there the whole time. I guess you'd, so. been, you'd been doing it the whole time, yeah. but you this had been beaten out of you, um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. and and. It, it, but I think there's that time period where it's going to – we have to hit that kind of bottom. Mm. We don't have to. Yeah. Many times that's part of the story. We yeah. hit that bottom. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't have to be as dramatic as yours was or right. as dramatic as mine was. Yeah. Um, but they, there, there needs to be that element of, of a bottom mm-hmm. where we look at going, you see the lies, mm-hmm. and, and it isn't going to work for me. Right. And and then you start. What is that thing going to be? Mm-hmm. And and following your heart. You know, Joseph Campbell talks about following your bliss. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it, and and it's it's easier said than done mm-hmm. because not only do we have these other things that we're fighting off, but when you find those that thing or that direction yeah. in which not only can I do. And not have to stare at the little red hand that you know goes around the clock, <laughs> waiting for waiting for you know the time to end, yeah. or or that thing that time stops, and and I'm fulfilled, and I'm giving back, yeah. and then we can also get compensated for it too. Mm-hmm. And there's a sweet spot, right? That's bliss. Yeah, yeah there's that bliss, right? <laughs> That's bliss. And then and then it, it may morph, right? It may it's it may change in different ways because you have the tattooing, and then you also have you know the portrait stuff, and there's mm-hmm. but it's all in the same direction. And I think Correct. that um, I think that's key for for. For me to remember, for I think for people to to keep that in mind is, is that what is that thing that um, calls you and it doesn't go away, um, keeps calling you. Right. So, Len, right. thank you very much for Kevin. for being here and, yeah, and coming out and spend some time. And I appreciate uh, the uh, the opportunity to come out and speak with you. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a couple more people here that awesome. uh, that I'm gonna uh, reintroduce you to. Okay. And uh, and I know that uh, it'll be another part of, of this segment okay. where uh, you'll you'll get to show us what you do. Yeah, so, yeah. So, well, Put some ink to skin. There you go. Let's do well, it. All right. <laughs> all right, Len. <laughs> thank thanks you, again. Kevin. All appreciate right. it. Yep, thank thanks. you so much. All right. Bye bye. All right.